0: Oh, good morning. Hi, hi, hi. Shower time, Adderall, a glass of whiskey, and diesel jeans. As there's a drive in a deep left field by Castellanos, it will be a home run. We should stand back in good faith to the other people because we are absolutely
1: unapproachable. You ever seen a grown man naked? I mean, there's no, there's no, I mean, it's chicken. It's fried chicken. It's fried chicken. All right, episode five,
0: the Bears. The Bears.
1: we've got a lot to talk about moving into the season. The final 53-man roster is coming out any day now. Um, actually, I don't know. Next couple days here. So they're going to have to make some decisions. Tim and I have kind of come together, and we decided to break down each position on our offense. Uh, today, we're going to go through the offensive line, tight ends, and running backs, Uh Next episode, we'll kind of touch on the QBs and the receiving core.
0: All right, And it is stout, stout, stout. stout
1: yep. So we're gonna we're gonna kind of go through the starters to, to start out here, and then we'll go up over the backups and kind of figure out who and who won't make the fifty three man roster, who's gonna get waived, who will be picked up on waivers, who might return to the practice squad things like that. But we'll start out right in the meat, kind of figure out what our starters are going to be for week one. Now, it's not totally clear because we're being plagued with minor injuries right now, but we could be thankful that they're minor. Uh, basically, all of our starters should be in, you know, relatively early in the season. So we can kind of, yeah, yeah, that's what it seems like. So you never know with these giant dudes, they, they could be, you know, lingering injuries considering that their bodies are so heavy and those muscles just have to work that much harder. But, you never know. Have we ever done that coming into the
0: season 100% healthier except for one guy?
1: Well, a couple years, I, I feel like um, we were missing Kyle Long for an offseason, right? Oh, shit. You know, he, he kind of screwed us, man. Kyle Long screwed our, our team for a while and I have a few points. I mean, Obviously, he helped us in individual games, kind of finding our our solid patch to find the playoffs and whatnot. Still a really, really solid player while he was out there, but he was so inconsistently out there that it just hurt the rest of the offense. It was too tough. Our depth wasn't there to cover him, so as soon as Kyle Long went down, it, it just became really difficult. We had to start kind of making a makeshift offensive line, things like that, and he was super expensive, so... I for one was pretty excited when he retired. I didn't really care for the guy too much anyway. He seemed like a baby. Um, he was solid, but he's, done- he's, he's in Kansas work. City. He retired for a year and decided to hop on the old ring train. But that's that's typical Kyle Long. I could have guessed that from a mile away. You know,
0: just to, I'll at least give him this. If I was Kyle Long and I got invited to go join the Chiefs for a year, oh yeah.
1: Yeah, I would too. But he did uh he did retire. He did retire from the Bears after we paid him a fuckload of money only to just come back to a different team. So it's it is just really annoying. It's basically he didn't want to just play for the Bears because he sucks. I can't that's that's why he sucks in my head. But he's old too now, so whatever. And he's injury prone. So like I said, I'd rather not have him on the roster. Fuck that guy. Anyway, uh so we can kind of just kick this off i'll go through the five starting offensive linemen as of right now we'll kind of connect that one into the tight ends and the running backs uh but if we were going to start over on the right hand side of the line at right tackle we're getting a returning starter with jermaine ifedi really solid last year not great not terrible one of our few reliant guys we didn't have to really worry about him ever getting hurt he was there in a weird way. He was kind of our anchor. Not our best O-lineman by the end of the year, but definitely the anchor. I mean, durable and reliable. So he, it was. it's definitely not surprising that he's returning as our starting right tackle. Uh, now, we did draft under him, but real late. We'll kind of get into that in a minute. But as of right now, it looks like the Bears are pretty dang confident in Jermaine Ifedi. Uh, if you kind of look back at his career, too, I mean, this is a veteran coming in. It's his sixth year. Entering his prime age, 27, 28, I believe, former first-round pick of the Seahawks, kind of caught the whole brunt of being the scapegoat, I guess, for their woes in protection. Uh, He he did play a role in the decent run game. Seattle did establish a solid, solid run game, one of the best in the NFL, and he was a huge part of that, and I think it was overlooked, mainly by Seattle fans. And the Seahawks just had to kind of do right by them and release this former first-round pick who was supposed to solve all their protection issues. Uh, He didn't perform bad, but he wasn't a superstar. But it's it's basically impossible to be one on a line without reliant guys to your left or right. So Bears were in the right spot at the right time. We got a former first-round pick coming into his sixth year. Just a rare occasion. So I I was actually pretty excited about that signing. At first, I saw him kind of as that cut Seahawks player. But then I I looked at his background and his size and how he played last year, and I'm fine. I'm pretty happy that he's actually returning. Uh, Not too expensive. Overall, just a really solid right tackle to have right now. Uh, if we move, I think
0: it was just because I hated our whole line or our offense. Well, think
1: about that. Event. Yeah. I
0: was always like, oh, "Betty, you're always offside. That's exactly
1: what Seattle fans were saying. Remember? I mean, that's that's not remember, but that's exactly how the Seattle Seahawks felt. And that's why we were able to kind of swoop in. I think what plays a role is being the right tackle kind of close to the TV screen. You know what I mean? So we all have like a very clear vision of them. He's such a giant dude that, like, and he's kind of got that dumb look on his face. Like, when he does go off sides, you're just immediately like, what the hell, dude? Like, what are you thinking? And you could, like, quickly flashback to all the other times you've seen him jump and stuff. But overall, uh, PFF grades him as a really solid pass blocker. Uh, He's a proven run blocker, even though the grade isn't as high. He was a huge part of that Seattle offense. Luckily, we don't run to the right side as often. It seems Montgomery likes to work uh, weak side, and that's where our solid run blocking mainly lies, so it kind of works out. But overall, Jermaine Effetti coming into this year, he is the guaranteed starter, and he should retain that position as long as he doesn't get you know, absolutely demolished by Aaron Donald in week one, which I don't think he will. He's a big dude. He's strong. He's going to get beat here and there, but he should get a decent amount of help from the the guard and the tight end. So if we're gonna move like right over, uh, our guard is actually really awesome. Our right guard, that is, is actually in a really awesome position coming into this season. We get to return James Daniels, former prize draft pick—not prize, 39th overall—but he came in as an extremely high-ranked guard out of Iowa. Finally, we get to kind of return him back to that home spot and give him the reassurance that he'll be there all year. We were lacking so much at the center position that he even had to cover there. I mean, he wasn't the worst in the world, but it just wasn't uh, where his value lied. So we get to start him at that right guard. He is currently kind of going through a minor injury, but uh, that should clear up in no time, and he should be good to go. So the right side of the line, we're going to have Jermaine Effetti at tackle and James Daniels at guard, which is pretty dang solid in my opinion.
0: That should help uh, Justin Fields a little bit, you know. It should. We talk about how bad the line is. At least we got some veterans on the
1: right side. Two former extremely high-ranked offensive linemen in their respective classes. Uh, Both are kind of moving into that veteran zone. More of Fetty, but James Daniels going into his third year. uh, Hopefully he's going to be healthy for 16 games. It looks up. I really think that's the strongest our right side of the line has been in a while. Uh, You know, Leno was a huge problem over there. He was also expensive. Uh, we got rid of him. Same with Massey. That was just monstrous for us. And not to mention the Kyle Long leaving cleared a ton of space. So right now, actually, I, I kind of find this to be the sweet spot. Um, we're in a season where we should take advantage of this depth. We'll go over the depth a little bit more. But as of right now, two for two, our starters are solid, solid starters. Nobody who's kind of questionable. Jermaine Fetti and James Daniels, both uh, you know, probably top 15 around that area in their position. So it's doable. I, I like it. Uh, down in the middle uh, at center, we got our guy, Sam Mustafer. somebody who was slept on. Uh, you know, he's young. This is only his second year, but he spent most of the season last year on that practice squad. It was hard to see. I actually didn't know he was stashed down there until he came up, played nine games for us. But as soon as he came up, first, second game in, Right away, kind of proved to be our new guy at that offense. Now, he was helping out on the left side, and he was really solid. He was really solid in pass protection, which was the one spot we really needed. And he did a great job. Now, he's got a really storied pass. He's been part of some awesome offensive lines. He's part of that Notre Dame group that we seem to pick and choose from. You know, On top of that, we got Alex Bars and Cole Komet, and they were all with Quentin Nelson. They were all part of that very experienced, solid line in Notre Dame. So... I really like that Chicago kind of went with the hometown boys, grabbed three of those extremely nice blockers from that group. Bars, Musfer, just yeah, happened to be.
0: I'm a fan of those
1: guys. Yeah, well, you know, uh, they're still kind of the hometown team, so we, we I don't mind bringing those dudes in. You know they're fan favorites. Uh, yeah, but Bars and Musfer, surprisingly, I, th- I, I don't think this is where they deserve to go, but they both played enough seasons at Notre Dame where they were undrafted free agents. Now it's kind of weird because you look at Cole Komet and Quentin Nelson, both extremely high first-round draft picks. I have a feeling that that was more of a team effort than single, like individual efforts. I, I know Quentin Nelson's awesome on the Colts, but Mustafar and Bars have both proven to be really valuable pieces, and they were.
0: Yeah. Book to a college football player. Exactly.
1: That's a great point. And that not to mention under a bad head coach with a bad quarterback. Uh, and I don't remember either of their running backs. uh the only I remember a couple of their receivers, I guess. Um Pittman and who's the other one? Saint Augustine or whatever his name is. Yeah, St. Saint Saint, yeah, some shit like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. St. Brown, I think, uh, was that year. So Solid. So we got uh Sam Mustford starting at the center. Really good spot. He played there in, in college for I think two of the three years he was he was there. And just solid. I mean that right side with Sam Mustford being a righty, I guess, uh it actually favors the strong side for the first time in a long time. But that's not to mention moving into the left side of the line, just as storied, uh probably just as ready to go. The left tackle still is kind of a hole, but let's start at the left guard spot. Uh, returning starter Cody Whitehair coming back, awesome player. Uh, he's by far our most expensive at this point. I mean, he's in a fifty million dollar contract, five years. Uh, this is going to be his third year in that contract, so his performance should peak. Uh, wasn't totally healthy the last two seasons, but was available for the most part, and you know performed at a Pro Bowl level that we saw in twenty nineteen when we went twelve and four. Uh, so, Cody Whitehair starting at the left guard spot, also very solid. I'm, I'm happy about that. He's probably our top veteran on the team right now. So, pretty easy to kind of keep him there. Yeah. Yeah. So, so far, 4 of 4, we actually have some really solid starters. Now, the tackle spot, going into the left tackle, we had a hole there last year. Okay. We didn't draft to it, although we kind of did, considering... Tevin Jenkins, but Tevin Jenkins isn't going to be healthy for a few weeks. He's coming off surgery. Once he comes in, he should be able to take that starting spot next to Cody White here. Uh, I'm not sure if he's going to stay at tackle, if I'm not mistaken. I thought he played guard in college, but hey, he played that left side. He was part of a really solid offense in, at Oklahoma State. Good runners. Uh, helped his running backs get drafted. Uh, all that good stuff, and was highly valued coming into this draft. So I, I like where we got him in that second round. But, you know, coming off surgery, it's going to be a little weird. So luckily, for, you know, for once, the Bears kind of covered our tracks. And I that's... Do a draft grade on that? Okay, and go on. What would, what would uh, Considering it's so unfair, but what would you give the grade? Hmm. C.
0: Because you got to consider, he slipped for a reason. I mean, there was it was no the
1: reason. it was the back injury. It
0: was possible injury risk. Yeah,
1: it's the back injury. It's guaranteed that. But I think they just saw enough, and his value was so high. I would have rather have gotten Asante Samuel Jr. there, or maybe someone else. But i i couldn't I couldn't really be happier with you know how it ended up. We took you know the top top left guard in the draft. I think. Um, If I remember correctly, but anyway, right. so he's,
0: he the offensive lineman in that
1: yeah, he's beast. He's beast. Let's not forget that. So when he does come in, he should be really awesome. As long as that back, back can stay healthy, which I don't know. I've kind of thought about it. That's a scary thing to have issues with as an O-lineman. Like what else do they use? It's like all back. But anyway, hopefully he comes back healthy. It's looking like it'll be around week three, four um could be all the way up to six i would rather kind of sit on it yeah (laughs) yeah but uh we actually went out and we did cover cover our tracks a little bit we signed veteran former pro bowler uh i don't know if he would be debated as a hall of famer but jason peters at 39 years old not the worst signing not the best but not the worst we got him uh you know, uh, maybe a little more expensive than we wanted to pay. There was a reason that he was kind of out there for that long. And he did report right away that, like, first team that called him he was probably going to go to, and apparently that was us. So uh, it was a need. So I'm not, like, too upset about it. We had that. We had the money to do it. Um, most of this line is very cheap, so I was okay with going out and grabbing Jason Peters for not the veteran's minimum, but, um, you know, kind of a veteran price for that career he's had. So, Peters should be a nice little replacement at left tackle, but he's actually not the listed starter at this point. Very realistic that he ends up starting Week One. Uh, I think they just want to give him a few weeks to get back in the groove. He's been out of football for over a year now, so. uh, He gives us
0: fifteen. He gives twelve to fifteen
1: snaps. Yes, that's what I'm hoping. Yep. Come on. I agree because he did have a a couple couple spots of rush show up in that preseason. Uh, but it wasn't terrible. I mean, it's still Jason Peters. We all know he knows exactly where he messed up. So
0: have you? I haven't heard anything bad necessarily about him.
1: No, but he uh, he showed some rust. He did. He showed a little bit of rust, um, which was okay. Uh, it's preseason. He was, like I said, had been away from football from a little bit. But that's it's Jason yeah, Peters. Thirty-nine. Exactly. Uh, but we actually have uh, Eli Elijah Wilkinson is the current starter at that left tackle spot. Uh, kind of an interesting dude. He's a monster. He's six four, pushing 6'5", 330 pounds. He's uh this former Bronco. He started out practice squatting, I think, back in twenty sixteen, and he's been the starting left tackle on the Broncos for the last four seasons. Uh, valued player. Um, I believe we ended up signing him to a decent sized contract. I'm not sure. Not totally sure why the Broncos moved on from him, but he's a big dude. He's athletic, enough for us to kind of go out and grab him. And he's starting over Jason Peters, which kind of tells you something. He's got a good young career. He's got a storied background, tough kid, Uh, no ego. So hopefully he uh, kind of results as a solid pickup. But if not, we have that veteran kind of backing up Jason Peters until we can get Tevin Jenkins back. Now that's kind of those five starters there right now. So Elijah Wilkinson at left tackle, Cody Whitehaired at left guard, Sam Mustafer at center, right guard James Daniels, and right tackle Jermaine Effetti. Now our backups also very deep. This might be the best offensive line we've had in quite a while. Which pair that up with the fresh running back trio and our sweet new group of tight ends that we were, you know, really lacking in last year. This could all come together beautifully, and just in time for our rookie quarterback Fields to kind of hit his stride. Um, Tim, what did do you, you you kind of took some notes on the on the tight ends? Let's go ahead and make that connection, because I, I I did notice that you know Komet, Mustafer and uh, Alex Bars are all you know longtime teammates now, going all the way back to college. So how do you think uh, how do you think that'll kind of work yeah, out?
0: nothing or it means a
1: little bit. So. I think it means, yeah, I would take it as a benefit. I can't see it being bad. They're all very reliable, yeah. high character guys uh, coming out of like OLU, Offensive Line University at Notre Dame. So right. Yeah.
0: No, and, and so I, I'm happy with the cold commit draft pick. Now, I wasn't that year. It was kind of a strange year because as fans, we didn't know if Mitch was going to be, because I think at that time he still wasn't uh it, it, it was still up in the air if he was going to get that fifth year option. Mitch? We didn't really know. Are we committing to him or not? It was hard. Like with the draft, like I don't know. Do we go for offense? Do we replenish defense? We dropped a quarterback, so
1: well. We Jimmy Jimmy team. Graham wasn't cheap either, so I think we like felt forced to use him a little more than we should have. But yeah, Jimmy Graham. Yeah. Which I mean, it was split between him and him and Graham last season. Oh,
0: no. Our yeah, team, of course. Shaky,
1: but moving into this year, now with uh, freaking Horsehead. Freaking you know, Casper. I mean, Casper Horsehead. We got some solid players Jesper today, Horsehead. Right?
0: I really like this tight end group as, as opposed to I did the last five seasons. Until I like, really Zach Miller, was at the last.
1: That was our probably, season. yeah. Yeah, he I was solid. Because we moved into Trey Burton, and he was awful. Yeah, we waste of money. Total waste of money. Uh, Jesse James is a... Coming in, he's 6'6", six, six, 250. Okay? Jimmy Graham is 6'6", six, six, 260. So the guys are pretty much Man. identical, but
0: one is fucking
1: thirty four thirty five.
0: 35. The other one's in his second season.
1: Yeah, and actually, Komet's a much better blocker, especially at this point in their careers. Uh,
0: Even blocking, yes. Uh, run blocking, sure. But
1: what I like about him is his catcheriness, his hands. Low key? Really? We watched him last season. Maybe. He's a beast. I really like him. He
0: finally him. got that because so he had, I liked
1: him as a block blocker mainly, games. but yeah.
0: He played about half the snaps last year on offense. Weeks 11 through 17, I would say. 85 percent of our snaps. Yeah. yeah. Later, is our uh, play caller. This is one of, eventually we brought Mitch back in. Basically, if you watched the Bears last year, you knew that last.
1: Six it's a big draft pick draft. for us. It's a big pick draft pick. Before. He was the highest rated tight end in last year's draft. We and we used it. We used our, I think, fourteenth pick on him. So I mean, I uh, it's not that uh He was second Comet was, was? Okay. So was he the Bears first pick? Was that how it went? He was our yeah, he was okay. our first pick. That's what I'm thinking. So I do remember him being uh highest graded tight end coming in. I think first one taken also. Now weak tight end class for sure, but um you know, it still says something to be a part of an entire class to be the highest-rated. So it was—
0: Juice deuced last year. He gave five touchdowns. Sure.
1: No, yeah. his Everything is proven for him. He just hasn't gotten the correct amount of snaps, which I think is coming up. But you look at our tight end room now. Big, two veterans and two freshies. I mean, it could really work out nice.
0: No, so actually, though, that, that, like I was saying, that latter six, seven games of the season, he played 85% of the offensive snaps. So we finally put him on the field.
1: And that's and that was when like Mustafer went out. That kind of weird those Notre Dame and bars. Kind of the three Notre Dame guys really went out and took over our offense for a minute there at the end of the year, which was awesome. I mean, I know the crowd loved it. As bad as our offense was, I really like seeing those fan favorites kind of get going. So yeah, no, that's I noticed that too. I love Komet, love him.
0: nothing wrong. to Say about the kid. We're excited for him. Eventually, at some point, he's going to be our clear cut head and one.
1: Clear-cut, uh, yeah.
0: Yeah, he'll start there this year, but of course we know Nagy.
1: Sorry, Horsehead fans out there. I mean, Jesper is quite the preseason, but let's not forget Comet's value. He is a big, strong motherfucker. Now, Jesper can definitely go out there. Maybe when we're in enemy territory and we need some long yardage gains. I really want Comet out there uh, anywhere in field goal range, and especially in the red zone. So maybe we can find a spot, but it, it, watching the preseason, I have a feeling that Jesse James is going to have a decent role in this offense. I can't imagine that Jimmy Graham will be coming in the game anywhere outside of the red zone and maybe third down territory. I think that, uh, Komet should dominate the workload. I think Jesse James will kind of come in. Mustfer will be in there for two tight end sets, and I think Graham is going to see some red zone targets. So it's going to be spread around, but Komet should be the the clear-cut leader of this group.
0: Yeah, no, that's what I'm thinking.
1: Yeah. So, of course, Jimmy Graham will get his. He's still, you know, he's still a,
0: probably a first ballot Hall of Famer. Would you say so? Maybe not, maybe. Jimmy not.
1: Graham, I would say, yeah, I. it hasn't helped the last five seasons being so <laughs> not. lame, I guess. But, uh, I mean, I, I know some Bears fans really like him. He he did some, some special things last year, but nothing he did, uh, Komet, like, no. how would I? Komet can do, Comet could have pulled off every single one of those plays that Graham had, even that one hand touchdown. Uh, so, yeah. I If it were up to me, I would want to actually cut him. I would want to cut.
0: Like you said, a change of pace, tight tight end.
1: Well, after Horsehead, Horsehead coming
0: out. We've got
1: three guys. Yeah. Well. Oh. Six 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 seven six six. Who is the oh, third? Are you talking about Jesse James or Horstead? Jesse James. He's
0: a six
1: seven two. Eight. What about Horstead, man? I mean, goodness gracious, is he talented? I know he's a you know second year guy, but man, he like flashed like Kittle. He was like Kittle out there. I mean, I know it's preseason, but man, is he fast? You know, I I, I really enjoyed watching him. He had receptions from multiple quarterbacks. Uh three fucking touchdowns, just bananas, preseason or not. I think last time Bears did that with anybody was uh Taylor Gabriel a couple years ago. Uh yeah, that was kind of a breakout performance. But I totally see Jesper Horsehead getting kind of I, I keep calling him Horsehead. We'll make him a deal of can't refuse. Nice. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> I think uh <laughs> I think Horsehead I think Horsehead's gonna get. I'm very excited. I I have a feeling. I have a feeling the coaches came together this week and probably drew up about a dozen more plays with the two tight end set after seeing Horsehead go crazy. Because you could put a Horsehead and K- Komet out there. Uh, you know, with the two veterans on the sideline, we could really stretch the field. We could really, gonna, really stretch the I'm field. Gonna, I'm gonna keep. All right, for my skeptics out there. Go go keep go. You keep you guys at bay. He, he was running against the threes. I mean, he is listed as our fourth stringer. Jesse James still lists as the third stringer. But, but his catches, dude. Against I like
0: Horstead. I'm excited about him.
1: Covered by threes or not, one was a one handed grab, and one was that little tight window that Justin Fields threw. Oh,
0: he balled out. And yeah. if, if we send him down to the practice, line, he's getting picked up tomorrow. So I'm
1: Tomorrow. Gonna... You're, you're 100% right. So. We kind of won there. And I do like the Jesse James signing. Lots of experience as a productive offensive guy. Same with Jimmy Graham. So those are two amazing teachers for Komet and, and Horsehead. Uh, yeah. So I'm not totally.
0: In Detroit is where he's played. Mm-hmm. He likes the cold weather. It's good.
1: Yeah. No, and I think coming out of Detroit, maybe uh. Maybe he has a tidbit or two for us. I know it's a coaching change there, but who knows? It's never, you know, a bad thing to steal a player from another team in the same conference. Uh so there we go. So tight ends are probably covered. We kind of figured out uh Comet's Comet's gonna dominate the workload, uh receiving, blocking, all that good stuff. Almost act as a three three down tight end.
0: Well, would you be happy with
1: that Um, I say 90 catches. I know that's a lot, but I think, uh, it's going to be used quite a bit. I'm going to say 90 catches, six touchdowns. Um, probably around, probably around, probably around a thousand yards. I can't see him making too many home run plays, but I think he's going to be extremely productive. Uh, and then not to mention his PFF grades for blocking are awesome. Running and blocking. Would be.
0: If
1: he has a year like that, that would be awesome. Yeah, ninety grabs, thousand so yards, six incredible. touchdowns. That could be uh, Pro Bowl worthy. But he is, like I said, top top rated guy out of his class. So we'll kind of see how that works out. And we did draft him high, so we got a, a, a plan. Watching
0: on the field last he's, year, beast.
1: He got to play. he's a beast. He's a beast.
0: He him in traffic in the middle of the field. He's Allen Robinson good. He's.
1: he's a he can catch, but even crazier guys do not want to tackle that sucker. He is a big motherfucker. Yeah, he's a beast. I'm so he's not he's not fun to tackle. Yeah, I'm excited. So all right, so we kinda got those starting line, including the tight ends there. Um what do you think about the running back? I, I know that I uh, I know you're really high on Cody Whitehair as a run blocker, not too much as a pass block. You think we're gonna kinda do the same thing we did the last couple of years where we run heavy to weak side? Or do you think we start to favor favor of and Daniels because their speed on the right side?
0: Um, I, it'll depend when we make the transition to Justin with Andy in the game. I here's the problem: Matt and Maggie took back play calling duties, so I really, until we get Justin Fields in the game, I really see uh, our offense being similar to last season's, which. I think by the numbers, we were bottom five in rush attempts, bottom five in rush yards, bottom five in rush touchdowns, until laser took over. Laser helped their run game a lot. But, I don't know, Nagy's an awful play caller. We just had a a completely shitty offense last year, so I can't blame the running backs. I can't really blame the line. Can't even blame the play calling, I guess.
1: Well, no, I'm glad you brought that up, because I I do blame the play calling, because I've noticed that a lot of guys have been kind of the – scapegoat for naggy and i actually i don't i don't enjoy seeing it so yeah i would definitely say it's play calling weird 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 inconsistencies remember those games where we would rush the ball 12 times only bizarre beyond weird and it's like montgomery's one of those guys who needs 10 rushes before he starts getting some gain on the ground so give him 18 to 20 he could do his work 12 to 14 carries it's not gonna it's not gonna prove valuable at all Montgomery needs the workload. He's not a guy like Cohen, where you know you give him the ball a few times a game and let him do do some work. He's he's a workhorse kind of guy, and those are, in my opinion, the best running backs yeah, to have because they break left defenses left. down.
0: Montgomery last year, he had ninety two percent of our runs, okay, or our carries on offense were by Montgomery, so he was
1: <laughs> very shallow running back core. But yes, go on. Yeah, oh, absolutely. Very, very very shallow.
0: Still with him being our workhorse. There were so many little third and ones and fourth and ones and red zone rushes that we had uh, Cordell Patterson or we had Ryan. Very over
1: there, bizarre play calling.
0: Either the guys, I was a
1: fan of them, but not not over Montgomery. But I mean, America, yeah, one. I 100 percent agree. That's why this new group's nice. So what's so we get we got a, we got a new free agent. And we we took we yeah, took so a nice little draft pick.
0: Cohen, I mean, I'll, I'll hit on him very quickly because he's still out with injury. I know.
1: he's I can't he, tell. Nagy's being cryptic. Him, so. huh? Nagy's being cryptic about that. I, I have no idea if he's going to come back.
0: Oh yeah, so so the listeners know I'm going to read that quote from today in his presser. It was super cryptic. So he went. Uh, one of the reporters asked him, "Did Tigran Cohen have a second surgery?" Nagy said, uh, "Did he have a second surgery? Yeah. Did they go back in? Did they change the timeline?" Nagy said, no, I don't think it changes the timeline. I think for him, i got to go back and find all the little scopes or surgeries that these guys have. But for him, I think he's just got to get to a point where there was a little bit of, like, the scar tissue and the healing and all of that. It's where he's at right now. All I can appreciate from him is working. Every single day, he's done that. Yeah, so obviously we have no idea where Cohen is coming into the season, which sucks. That And you know what kind of scares me is he uh, – had this surgery 11 months ago. We still do not have a timeline. And today someone asked him about a second injury. And he gave like a half answer. That sounds like the problem with the training staff. Unless it's Cohen and his agent and they're, you know, being stubborn and holding out for some reason. But anyways, hopefully that's a uh, situation that will get resolved at some point this season. Because it would be really nice to have him in the game. Everyone remembers how nice he was to help out on the third down. Um... Biggest signing in our running back room by far was Damien Williams. Everyone remembers him from uh, the Super Bowl. where he had three or four touchdowns. Oh yeah, he could have been MVP a couple years ago.
1: Did he get the? I thought he. Oh, he didn't get it. Uh, maybe he did. You know. Maybe. I think he Just might have. Like
0: three to maybe get it, the
1: That's the biggest stage in the world, right there. He's a big. Here's the thing. He's a big play guy, obviously. And you Good receiving back. do you want to say about his production or? Order.
0: You know, a uh, lack of a bunch of thousand yard seasons and, and ten touchdown seasons. Mm-hmm. It's kind of been a weird situation. For him.
1: It's been totally weird.
0: Four years. Yeah. Dealt with a couple of injuries. He sat out last year because of COVID. Um, when he was healthy a few years ago, he was behind Spencer Ware
1: and Kareem uh, huh. Hunt. And even Darrell Williams taking time for him. Yeah. But I, really I love, I, I love the signing, player. man. Talk about a tough dude who can catch the shit out of the ball and really fly up the sidelines. I really like him.
0: And he's got ties with Bill Laser back from his Miami days.
1: Oh, and he's got he's got a uh, got ties with Nagy too back in Kansas City. So he could hopefully that's that's what I was thinking. Hopefully the system translates like beautifully to what he's already studied, and he may just jump in and be a huge threat right away. It may take him some time. Uh, we know Nagy's play calling his really inefficient and it just hurts guys so hopefully yeah, it's
0: a guy like Williams though I I'm, yeah I'm okay we have a stale offense sure. he's the type of guy that I'm okay with throwing I agree
1: him. I mean you take you take him or, or I mean or Cordero out there Cordero's not even running routes it's like a hundred percent take Damian Williams we need that we need it we, we had so many holes last year that it was big time but uh,
0: right when Montgomery wants to take a rest after 14 carries in a row, we don't have to bring out Cordero,
1: Patterson, and kick return. Exactly, we can, out, we can bring out a legit Super Bowl winning quarterback.
0: No, actually, they, was that the year they lost to the Niners?
1: Uh with Cordero, or
0: I don't know. It was the year they won. It was the year they beat uh, uh,
1: the Williams. Hey, hold on. What was the Super Bowl two years ago? Chiefs versus 49ers. Oh, that's who it was.
0: And they won that game. Oh, that's yeah.
1: who they won Yeah, yeah, yeah. But Jimmy oh, yeah, G anyway, could have uh, won it. But. Uh,
0: and then the other the other running back we've got is Cleo Herbert. Uh, what was he? Seven draft
1: pick. Fucking dude. Fucking dog. I fucking loved that pick. Oh, he's sweet. That's my favorite. He has, he has pull aside from Justin pressure. Fields. Great preseason. Holy cow. Talk about a baller in, at Virginia Tech. In a killer running game man were they entertaining last year they were putting up points on points it's that three-headed running attack with the qb and their two running backs um Khalil herbert was was the guy there though he was that anchor player so huge steal i think he's going to be really effective as a nfl player has kind of reminds me of that benny cunningham kind of role we had who proved to be pretty productive when we played him he just didn't get a ton of snaps I hope Khalil Herbert gets in the game a little bit more. I would prefer him to go in and relieve Montgomery over uh Damien Williams. I hope Damien Williams kind of uh plays a lot of shotgun packages where he kind of can go out for a route after shedding a block or something like that. But I I really Khalil Herbert is a he's not the biggest dude, but he is strong and he is fast and he's a guy who can Smart. carry the ball twenty times a game. This off season is uh, Maggie's Talked about him a couple times. Said, mm-hmm. I really like the kid. He stands out. He takes direction.
0: He doesn't make a lot of mistakes. He gets positive yards on pretty much every play.
1: He's kind of a Montgomery com- com- uh player comp. I mean, you look at both of them in college, shifty as could be. There was no linebackers that could keep up with either of them. And you now you put they're them on the same. St- at least a
0: yard. They're not going back and losing five yards. No,
1: no, 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 no. They're not. And they're. They're very patient runners. Uh, Montgomery's ran kind of like Chuba Hubbard where he would kind of sit right in the butt of the line and then just blast out a hole. Now, he's had to speed that up a little bit come in the NFL because nobody's been able to accomplish that style of running in the NFL outside of Bell. But he he proved to to become a real nice power back with some good speed. Had some monster plays last year, especially at the end of the season. Uh, Montgomery coming into 2021 is probably a top seven running back in the NFL, top eight.
0: He was fifth in all purpose yards from the line of scrimmage last year.
1: Yeah, I mean I as a Bears fan biased, I could put him at number five, I think, but uh I think realistically he's gonna he's probably eight or nine, uh, which is beautiful. I mean are you
0: saying talent or are you saying production?
1: Um talent. I'll say talent. Production, because he can totally be a producer. If,
0: if you had to, I guess you'd have to think about it. I
1: can name team five team guys team that team you team, would take team. over him. He would get in the 10, for sure. I mean, I got, I got him over guys like Jonathan Taylor. I got him over Chris Carson. I got him over, you know, studs like that. But I, I And Mixon, yeah, that's a really good example. I got Montgomery oh, wow. over Mixon. Hunt is a guy that, personally, I have like an obsession with. So... I, I was praying that we were gonna get him when having Nagy and everything and Hunt becoming a free agent, but uh, unfortunately the Browns got to him. Hunt would have been our starting running back.
0: He's also our starting kick returner, so they are obviously like him enough. That, he's our
1: starting uh, kick returner or is Jordan Lucas. No, because Jordan Lucas isn't gonna get any time out of safety. He should get a decent amount of returns. Are you sure, Herbert? I like this, I like Herbert, a uh, dad, and then Daz Newsom. Really
0: give him playing
1: time as a rook. Daz Newsom, the fucking electric factor. Keep an eye out for him. Holy smokes, is he shifting fast? You see him in the preseason. He is a g. He's got a lot of swag, a lot of confidence, and he's got a lot of bursts. He's somebody exactly like you would picture Kansas City picking up. Nagy, I'll give him credit. He has done that here in Chicago. He's brought in some speedsters, starting out with Anthony Miller. Just didn't pan out. Turned into Mooney. Turned into Miller had some speed. I I thought Miller was a. I mean, coming out of college, he was a first round pick, wasn't he? Out of Memphis. Or Anthony Miller. Yeah, Um, I think he was. Yeah, what was he? Yeah, I mean, he's he's a fast. He's not as fast as Mooney. He's not as fast as uh, uh, Goodwin, who we brought in. But we had Gabriel, who's also a flyer, and now we got Daz Newsome. So. So Nagy's done a really good job of bringing in some speedsters, which is a very modern NFL type deal. Now we gotta put the arm out there, the the arm we fucking drafted in Justin Fields, or else those guys are gonna go to waste. Because I Dalton's not gonna make those throws right now. I, I don't I don't care what his nickname is or or his career or anything. He's not gonna go out there and make the throws that Fields can across the field 40 yards up where only Mooney and Daz Newsom can get to that ball. You know? So Hopefully, uh, Fields goes in sooner rather than later, and it may take a few reps where it's, where he proves to be slower than the rest of his offense for Nagy to actually kind of snap into it. But uh, overall, the speed on our offense, the depth of our running backs, depth of our tight ends, uh, depth of our O line is pretty nice. Actually, let me let me quickly uh, talk about a couple other O linemen that are actually proven to be really versatile. I think that's where we're kind of heading. If you look back at the last two years, our depth was a big issue on the O-line. We had injuries, and we were never really able to recover from when we had those giant holes. This year, we brought in some guys that can play so many positions. It's kind of incredible. So, I mean, clearly we brought in Tevin Jenkins. That was our prize draft pick, right? We brought in free agent Jason Peters, also a beautiful, beautiful pickup in my opinion. But in the fifth round, we drafted a guy, and his name is, let me see, where'd he go? Son of a gun. Larry Barome. All right, he's going to come in. He's a nice guy. Uh, so he's a fifth rounder. He's out of Missouri. Um, he ran with the ones a couple times in preseasons just because the the injury issues. He actually looked good. He kept up Really surprising for a rookie. Uh, He's an athletic dude, so it wasn't like you know totally out of the question. But as a fifth round draft pick to come in this early, run with the ones and keep up, uh, at least show a decent amount of potential. That's that's a huge prize for us. Um, Looking back at his time at Missouri, he was second team All SEC last year, which is difficult. SEC is probably the deepest when it comes to offensive lines. He's got good athleticism. He dropped 30 pounds between the end of his Missouri year and the NFL Combine. That just shows he's got discipline. It shows he has good weight management, which is kind of key for a lot of these dudes. So now he's kind of at a healthy 320, 315. College he was at a 350, but that's okay for a guy who's 6'6". Nice, though, that he's uh, dropped those pounds, and he's kind of proved that he's going to work the shit out of his body to get into the right shape. Uh, But on top of that, the guy can play left tackle, he can play right tackle, he can play right guard, and he can play left guard. So we could really put him anywhere. Right now, he's sitting at our third stringer, surprisingly enough, at the uh, right tackle spot. But that's because of our seventh round pick, uh, Lachavius Simmons, or a.k.a. Pig, kind of the sweetest fucking nickname. He came in, also rookie, Tennessee State, the only HBCU guy out of the draft. Um, super high energy guy, high IQ. He happens to have a connection with one of our, uh, bear scouts all the way back to high school. So I think that's probably why he's kind of edging out Barome. but Barome's going to make the roster. Simmons is kind of on the cusp. Weirdly enough, uh, Simmons has been running with the twos when everybody was healthy and Barome was the threes. But I think probably it's the uh, potential type deal. That's why they were two rounds separated. But LeShavie, Simmons, Barone, both of them, I think they're worth keeping on the team. Uh, I, I do see one of them getting picked up in waivers. They were both drafted guys, so hopefully we do sign them, or that's just a proof of a waste of a draft pick. Now, um, we got a few... Yeah, yeah. And at that right tackle spot, we got a fourth guy. I mean, it's it's kind of shock. That's where he's listed right now, Tyrone Wheatley. Uh, I, I do believe, I think it's a... 99% chance this guy's getting put on waivers. Uh, but he played tight end at Michigan. Um, he transferred over. The guy's only like 250 pounds.
0: What
1: is he, a rookie? Uh, no, he's a, he's a, he went and played semi-pro last year. What happened was he didn't get drafted as a rookie, at a t- I mean as a tight end out of Michigan. He ended up going playing semi-pro, and he transferred to the tackle position. Kind of shocking. But I guess he uh, performed good enough where... Bears gave him a shot, and he's he's proven uh, to be pretty solid. But yeah, he kind of just transitioned really late in his career. So I, I can't imagine that a 250-pound uh, third-year tackle, who's a former tight end, is going to actually make the roster. But they gave him the time. Uh, I think he's going to get cut. That's one of the easy ones for me. Uh, so hopefully we can keep Buffetti Simmons, and Barome. Wheatley would be a nice out guy, but putting three guys under that right tackle spot and expecting to bolster the rest of the line is kind of dangerous. Luckily, Barome and uh, Simmons can play a couple different positions. But as long as Affeddy stays healthy, he should start there all year. Uh, moving into like the center spot, under Sam Musfer, we got two guys. Uh, both of them could get cut, which is or not cut, uh, set on waivers which is kind of disappointing because they're both really solid prospects. And we had depth issues at center. That's why Daniels had to play there a couple seasons ago and kind of hurt the chemistry. But uh, I believe you pronounce his name Dieter Iselin. I don't know if he's going to get cut. Um, I know he won't be picked up on waivers. So if he does, he should come back to our practice squad uh, during the season. But he's an athletic 6'4". He's 3,10, second year out of Yale. Um, has played center the whole time. Uh, he can play guard, but he won't. Uh, we need the depth at the center position. He's the perfect guy to back up Mustafer. Similar bodies. High IQ guy. Uh, went to Ivy League school, uh, which actually kind of brings me into the next guy, which is uh, Adam Redmond. He's technically the third center on our of our group, but Islinn, I think, should get cut over him. He's uh, kind of late in his career he started playing. He used to be, uh, I think he's South African or from New Zealand, one of the two. But he he was a weightlifter and like a rugby player. So he's one of those weird guys, kind of those long shotty guys. He's athletic. He played at Yale, but you know Yale's not against the By best. The
0: way, do those guys ever work out? When people bring in like a. Not
1: really. See, that's that's and that's why I'm like pretty pretty sure that he's gonna be cut. Um. I hope that Adam Redman gets retained maybe as a 10th O-lineman and kind of is our backup center because this dude also played uh, in that in the Ivy League. He actually played against Aislin. Uh He was part of Harvard. Island was Yale. So two really high IQ guys. But Redman, he's been there this whole time. He was first team All-Ivy in 2015. This is going to be his sixth season. Uh, he's going into kind of his veteran stages. He's a 6'6", 300-pound uh, former Cowboy, former Colt. He ma- managed to get his way on practice squads, both, both of those teams. He's been the last four years practice squad and Cowboys. But you, if you think about it, Colts and Cowboys, that's an extremely difficult group to actually make the roster on as an O-lineman. So once again, similar to Fatty, I think the Bears were in the right place at the right time. So he was cut for cap reasons in Dallas. We picked him up. Now, what's making me nervous is all the additions we made. He's either going to be put on waivers, just like he was in Dallas, or he's going to edge out that tenth man spot. Some people think Lachevius Simmons might do that, um, but I have a feeling that uh, Simmons Simmons may end up on that practice squad, even though he's kind of a highly talented player. I hope I hope we can keep Redmond. Be better for our depth. He can play center, which is obviously the most difficult position on the line. Uh, going into that left tackle spot, I kind of already talked about Elijah Wil- Wilkinson, Jason Peters, and the Tevin Jenkins deal. Hopefully, Jenkins is our starter at some point mid-season, but uh, right now, Wilkinson's and Peters are going to be perfect duo to kind of switch on and off, go out through the game, kind of pick up the slack where the other one may drop it certain games. So covered there. And then let's go to the guard position where we can look at Cody Whitehair's backup. We got a guy named Arlington Hambright. Uh, good chance of getting cut. It'd be tough again. We have so many linemen. We got 14. We could probably only keep 9 or 10 of them. I hope we keep 10, but 9 might be looking like the number here. But he's 7th seventh rounder, seventh rounder out of Colorado as of 2020. Played 9 games in 2020 as a rookie. Was okay. Nothing totally special, but he's 6'5", 300. He's got long arms. Uh, so Arlington Hambright, I think he's going to get cut, and I think he will return to the practice squad, which kind of leaves our left guard position kind of in a barren spot. But like I said, um, Larry Barome can easily kind of transfer over there. Once Alex Bars becomes healthy, we should have a little more depth, and Bars is going to be an awesome rotational piece too. So overall, I I this is the deepest our line been has been in years. I'm I'm really excited about it. I, I'm kinda tired of seeing online that we're you know, we have a devastating situation. It might be so I, I I I think Bears, I mean, we're getting slept on, man. But that's why we're putting this that's why we're putting this podcast out. I mean, we it's it's insane. It's insane the amount of disrespect this team gets. I mean, hopefully you guys are picking up on this too, but Tim and I and, and the rest of kind of our inner circle of Bears fans, we feel like the most hated fucking team in the league. Every freaking dude is hated on. Go on. Let me do this little visual thing with you. All right, so bird's eye view, we've got our Bears starters, and let's call it week eight. So we're going to assume Justin Fields is starting quarterback by this time. Hopefully, bird's yeah. we we'll look get down in our starting 11. Okay. This is from everyone else's perspective, the media and the people that – Love the Cowboys and Eagles and Seahawks, but yep. they'll shit on the Bears for no reason forever. From their perspective, what are they looking at and what's the weakest link here? So we're giving Justin Fields as an A, Allen Rocks as an A. Cole Komet, probably. Sure. A minus. You probably give Montgomery. Oh, yeah. In this, in this uh, little. Uh, Interde- or, um, whatever you call this, visual. Yeah, like an overview. No, I, I get what and you're saying.
0: You look down and you look at the offensive line and be like, "Oh yeah, that's shit." And really, the rest of it you get around. Nobody. It's
1: kind of funny, dude. In Weird but, way, you know, yeah. What we
0: just did. We broke down and showed you. This is actually it's what I'll call it solid. I, <laughs> I like it, man.
1: 18, 18, 18, 18. I can't lie. There's there can't be a lot of full 14 man groups right now that I would take over our current spell. Um I mean, funny as it sounds, even going into last year, we ended up using two of our practice squad guys. Mustafer and Alex Bars. They're both fucking sick. So hopefully Lashavius, Simmons, Barone, guys like that, uh kind of follow in those footsteps and don't get, you know, grabbed on waivers. I think one of them will make the group, maybe both even. I do hope that we uh kind of sit on um Redmond, Adam Redmond, but doesn't look like that's going to happen. And like I said, I'm, I mean, we're not a, we're not scouts or anything like that. But according – I mean, with a little bit of research, it's, it's not that hard to see the depth of this O-line, the depth of the tight end room, and the depth of the running back room. Capable dudes. Put them side-by-side side to our 2020 roster. Put them side-by-side side to our 2019 roster even. Uh, we're kind of blowing them out the water. Depth-wise, uh, youth, all that good stuff. Hopefully, Nagy doesn't um, – Drown this group, similar to what he's done recently, you know, by overplaying veterans, or which is already kind of seeming to be the case. Name, name, a better third-string quarterback. Uh, yeah, I, I mean,
0: <laughs> I want to make you complimentary.
1: I would say, I would say, I, I like the uh, Steelers' depth. They got, they got Big Ben, uh, Haskins, Rudolph, and Dobbs. Those are four guys that can actually play the position, so. But I've always been kind of a Dobbs guy ever since he was way back at yeah. Tennessee. And I'm I'm still a Haskins guy. I can't give up was on that.
0: That one game, that one Saturday night game, where like some crazy, like, what was it? It was like a Vince Young type of
1: Yeah, game. yeah, yeah, 100%. Dobbs, and I, sure, I watched the game. That's why I probably fell in love with the dude. But I remember seeing him, big dude, uh, kind of like... Rocket scientist. Yeah, just a G. I mean, how can you, like a Charlie Villanova a motherfucker. I mean, Sorry. just a That's fucking sweet... Easy. And he, he played well in the preseason. Uh, he's not getting the backup spot. That's going to Rudolph. I think Ben's out after this year. I think Rudolph's gone too. Uh, I think it's going to be a Haskins-Dobbs show next season. Kind of a hot take, but that's where I'm seeing yeah, this probably, going.
0: So then I would guess that they might consider drafting quarterback.
1: Sure. Yeah, I think Haskins is their starter next year.
0: But yeah, I would, I would say of right now. My best guess is he's their starter. The next best thing is probably going to have a
1: rookie. I mean, Rudolph is the best chance of going in because he's like the clear-cut second stringer he's right now. He's got stride, starts. You know? But no, I mean, he doesn't have the talent. I would rather have Haskins. I would.
0: Imagine going into a season with Mason Rudolph. Saying, I know. No, at least Haskins, there's some talent.
1: In some exactly. Teams. Exactly. And some swag and some winning in his yeah. past and all that good stuff. So, yeah, no, I yeah. see that. But... Now, going back to our quarterback room, I'm not in love with it. I don't love Andy Dalton or Nick Foles. I think both of them are washed up. I think both of them are past their prime. I think both of them are uh caught up to. I don't think they're made for this modern NFL game. And then we got a dude who is a potential MVP candidate early in his career. So, no-brainer in my opinion. Uh but Nagy has no brains, so it's not so, surprising. So,
0: the next we'll do a Wide
1: receiver, quarterback. Room. Yeah, so so soon here in a couple days, we can, we're going to go through, uh, or even tomorrow, we'll go through the wide receiver room. We'll go through the quarterback room. We don't want to get too deep into that. But overall, this is a podcast to kind of hype you Bears fans up a little bit. Everybody's so down and out on this offense. Uh, I don't think people well, are actually a, looking between hole the hole seams. Defense by the, end of the, week. the defense has more. In a weird way, the defense has more holes in this offense. In a very weird way. I mean, outside okay, of play, break down the yes, yeah, we'll break down the defense, Uh, but I we at least I felt, Tim, I believe too, we just felt it's the most urgent to get to this O-line. I'm seeing so much hate and slander online, and Bears fans already giving up on this season, acting like we have one of the bottom cores in the league, when in my opinion, we have a top 12 core, top 12, hot take or not, it could be a top five, we have two ex-Pro Bowlers, we have two veterans. We got three or four really solid first, second year guys. Uh, two prize draft picks, and Daniels and Tevin Jenkins, who are going to make their way up. Alex Bars and Musser, two amazingly processed practice squad guys, who've come up through Notre Dame system, undrafted free agent, into finding their way, starting on the Bears team, and performing. It's a deep group, and I'm very, very excited to see how they can work together. Now that I'm a little bit more informed on some of our backup spots, um, Shavius Simmons, Barome, things like that, I'm excited uh, to see how we can fill in these holes. And I think that with fields in there, we should have a pretty good time.
0: Yep. And I think uh, just to put the icing on the cake, the defense, check. The quarterback, check. The depth of the line and the you know, decent positional players, enough depth and enough talent. Check. Head coach.
1: Yeah, unfortunately. Ending, deal. Ending deal. Yeah. um Ending There's some candidates out there who are already kind of making their way to the front of the list for next year. I don't know. Um, Joe Brady, is that what you said? I heard that when is uh? When do you think this is kind of interesting? When do you think Belichick's kid is gonna get his name in the mix? He's been there for for five DC. years, and he's been so, now he's D, cor- D coordinator.
0: defensive coordinator.
1: No, I think he goes uh, to head coach for me. He is oh he already is DC. I'm pretty sure he's a DC
0: right now. That's crazy.
1: I think he was last year too, and he's good. Man, he's good. He's kind of savvy, like his dad. Uh, I I would watch the Bears go grab Belly Junior. Oh
0: gosh, come on! No, that's like that's like getting naggy, like an up and comer no. No,
1: this guy, this guy, it's different. I mean, you can tell when somebody's talking on the camera if you know if they are more concerned they with themselves, or right, you can always tell if there's a guy who's more concerned with themselves or with the team. And Belichick Junior is similar to his dad; is all about the team.
0: I'd rather have Ryan Day.
1: Oh yeah. Oh my God. Imagine that. Ah, oh. ah, oh. Ryan Day. So
0: was his name thrown out last year at all for Coach Kansas? Season? Because it's a hard thing to leave Ohio. Not
1: State. as much as no. I think he's too still too fresh after. I mean, he should have been. I I think he's one of the most. I think he's. So
0: if he stays four or four years at Ohio State, he'll be like in that.
1: We heard. We heard Davo. Dabo and Lincoln Riley were the two we heard the most about. I mean, Urban, yeah, but Urban wasn't active I'm saying Day could put himself in that group. They should. They should. I think Day's would translate very easily to the NFL. He runs a super professional program. I I fucking love it. I I'm a huge Ryan Day fan. He's a former is he am I mistaken or is he a former Chicago Bear? Or am I just fucking putting that together in my head? Let me look. I, I have a feeling. I have a very weird feeling that Ryan Day is a former Chicago I Bay. He
0: was the reincarnation of Greg Maddox as a coach.
1: He does kind of look like Greg Maddox. He's got... Ugh, yeah, <laughs> I like that. But I don't know. He's got some other dudes in him too. Him. Look at that. The top Google thing is, why are Ryan Day's cheeks red? Probably because no, the man, the man drinks, a bro. I like ugly coaches too, man. I don't want no fucking eye candy out there who's thinking about how he looks the whole time. Give me some dude like Belichick who wears the ripped off sweater every game. Looks like a fucking piece of garbage rolling out there because he's been up all night. I fucking love those type of guys.
0: I want a guy that looks like a football.
1: I want a guy who looks like a football too. Uh... You know who had that like...
0: Right, it looks like the cheerleaders' pom-poms.
1: <laughs> what? <laughs> right, I'm calling out Cliff Kingsbury. I'm calling out Sean McVay. Yes, I'm calling out Sean McVay. What have you done for me the last three years? Sean McVay. I like him. I can't I can't sit here and hate on Sean McVay.
0: I can say that he hasn't changed his offense since he started his offense. They're
1: That's much the same thing. true. We'll see what it's like with Stafford, but it's hard to tell. Fans are underwhelming. I mean,
0: you have a guy that was supposed to be a top three coach in this league, with the best defense in the league, and a deep wide receiver room, and they what? They made it to a Super Bowl, which was his big year, or yeah, Super Bowl. And then what they do? They miss a playoff. And make-
1: they lost. They lost some studs. I mean, Gurley, disappeared, and-, and it's
0: like Kyle Shanahan. What, is, what has he done for me lately? Uh, two you know
1: seasons? what? Shanahan, yeah, Shanahan has more losing seasons than winning. I mean, yeah, he could be he could be considered no, no. But I would, you know, he they can't be considered top five guys yet considering that exact thing. But what I'm seeing actually this is interesting. Paul Feinbaum, he's uh he thinks Ryan Day is gonna go to the NFL too. I see his point. He's saying that his uh, trajectory of success was so quick and rapid taking over for Urban that uh, that's exactly what NFL programs are looking for nowadays. Um, so maybe even going into two years from now, I think he's get, probably going to want to win a national championship. He's he's right there. Uh, he's got a good chance going into this year. I don't think they will. I don't know about the quarterback room yet. I got to see them play. I still got Clemson, Alabama, and Oklahoma as my one, two, three. Um, so we'll see. I think Clemson may uh, eke this year out. We'll have to do a college football centric episode. Yeah, yeah, we can do that some other time. But I think overall this is a solid little reminder to you Bears fans out there that uh, don't panic, don't listen to that national media. Don't even listen to other Bears fans who do listen to the national media and regurgitate everything that they hear instead of just watch their fucking team and have a fucking opinion. And exactly why we put this podcast out. We're fighting back. It's time that someone stands up and tells the fucking truth. I mean, how many times do we got to make the playoffs in the last few years for people to actually give us some respect? I've never heard so much disrespect to a team that doesn't deserve it. Turn around Washington football team. They're predicted to win their division. It's like, that is such bullshit. So, fuck it. Uh, me and Tim. It's trash. I mean, Cowboys are going to do it. Fuck it. There we go. There I go. Oh, God. Darn is getting to me. I'll give you <laughs> Cowboys
0: and Eagles. You give me the Redskins and Giants.
1: Love the Giants. But yeah, I'll happily give you Redskins. I'll happily give you uh, Eagles. I love hearts. the
0: Giants, Redskins, will give you Eagles, Cowboys.
1: Okay. Sure. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I like Cowboys this year, so. What do you want to do? How about a hundred dollars? I'll put a hundred on it.
0: Alright,
1: let me write this down. Cool. I like that one. I'll give me something to watch for that shitty fucking division. Shout out to the homies. By
0: the way, well let's we'll hit on this oh we'll, you know at this Well they're not
1: time. shitty, maybe they're just competitive with each other. No, their their records we'll are all okay. trash. We'll be, back. we'll be back tomorrow.
0: Okay.
1: Alright. To right. Well, alright fellas. Tune in next time. We're gonna similar kind of breakdown except other positions. Get excited. You know, it's go time. Fuck Andy Dalton. Fuck Matt Nagy. Once we get past those two speed bumps, we're in clear waters, fellas. Deuces.